Beyond Success podcast, a podcast where we talk about faith and ministry here in Portland, Oregon. I'm David Libby. And I'm Josh Hawk. And I am announcing my candidacy for the United States of uh, Presidency. Yes. Today, um, I am not on the ballot because I hear it costs like $1,200 to do that. Um, so I'm not going to. Um, but And I'm not a part of... I'm actually registered independent, so I'm not part of a political party. Um, But you can write me in. If I get, I figure like 20 million people to do that, maybe I'll win. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would, I would be the worst president, but you can, you can vote for me. I don't think you would be the worst. Uh, The worst. That's pretty sure. That's fair. That's fair. People. Um, I've, I've seen campaign posters for like, um, any capable adult for 2020. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And I am a capable adult. I'm an adult. I am an adult. <laughs> so, oh boy. I, we, I, didn't, I didn't realize we were taking this political. I, I just did. I, not, I, I don't have a platform. My platform is... Is the Unsuccess Podcast. Yeah, yeah. If, if I don't win, then technically we've achieved our goal as podcasters, <laughs> right? So... So you can Perfect. vote. You can vote for me if you if you hate all the candidates. You can write me in. Um, people don't know who I am, but so it could go to a different David Libby. But you know, I'm I'm here. That's that's actually my campaign uh, slogan. <laughs> David Libby, 2020. I'm here. So anyway, oh, uh, we're gonna intro. keep we're gonna keep talking about the church in the time of a plague, yeah. which is. Which is neat. Um, it, we, that's it's been so long since that's been true, right? Nineteen eighteen was yeah. the last, last uh, the last national uh, plague, international international plague, Global. and so so yeah. So church in the time of a plague, almost nobody alive can maybe actually no one alive pretty no, pretty I close to no one like, alive. Can, I saw an article. I don't know if it was true or not, but an article about a hundred two year old lady. Okay. Who, so she would have it. been zero when this plague started back in the day. So she doesn't even remember. Like no right. one, literally no one in the world knows uh, what what sh- should be or what could be. We have guesses and we have scientists mm. who have better guesses than people like me. But we, we're all figuring this thing out. And so uh, we, we kind of wanted to talk as people who uh, love God and love the Bible and love helping people and have no freaking idea what we're doing, we wanted to talk as normal people who are trying to uh, serve Jesus in in this weird time and, and who are understanding that some of the tent poles of Christianity in America um, hmm. aren't necessary or maybe even aren't good, and we're realizing yeah. that now that things have been taken away from us. Yeah. So welcome to episode two of our season three, our yeah. special COVID-19 season. Our, our special COVID-19 season. On success. Yeah. Um, so David, last episode, we talked about kind of some of our experience and um, kind of how we've, we're stumbling into this as kind of faith leaders during this time. Um, and I just wanted to kind of open things up and, and talk a little bit about kind of what that has done for me personally. Um, and realizing my wife can attest to this, um, how much identity, how much I suck. Yeah, that's right. 
no, how much identity, how much of my identity is wrapped up in what I do and in how church kind of looks or functions um, and, and operates. And so, um, you know, almost two months ago when that was, when how we do church was threatened and when how we do church was taken away from us, um, I, I had definitely moments of an identity crisis of like, wait, what I do is been taken away. What does that mean? Like, do I, do I still matter? Do I still have worth? Do I still have value? Um, I still have a job. I'm still employed and we'll talk about that in a future episode. Um, but, but just like wrestling with that and struggling with that and to, to, to see, and I, I love, I love the church, David. I, it's my heritage. I grew up in it. I think, um, like the, the church is the bride of Christ, um, that's a, a biblical model that's been given to us and, and it's, it's God's expression. One of, I'm not saying it's the only, but it's, it's a very prominent expression of God's kingdom here on, on earth. Um, and so there are a lot of things that I love about it and a lot of things that I, I value to it and to see the expression of church that we've grown accustomed to, to see that taken away, um, really kind of rocked me for a while. And, um, and it's still, still a little raw, I'll be honest. Um, but I've, I, I've really been able to, I think, kind of critically look and, and definitely conversations with you, David, um, to kind of talk through some of this and to say, actually, like the church is still, the church still very much exists and the church is still very alive and real. It's just the specific expression that we had grown accustomed to, that we had assumed was normal, has been taken away or cut not and not indefinitely, of course, but has been um, has been threatened and has been challenged. And, and and so there are there are a couple different responses. We can try to continue to do church and make it feel as normal as possible. That's definitely what some people are, are trying to do where, you know, like we're trying to do online church just like we do non-online church. Um, there are definitely key components like a physical gathering together that is missing. Um, but you can really make it feel from a production standpoint, you can make it feel pretty, pretty similar. Um, and there's another bit that we could just like... We can hope, I'm going to use that Christian word, hope for when we get to come back together and do church normal again. Um, and both of those responses, I think, are missing something something really big. And I think the question for us that we have to evaluate, I think we got to evaluate church and like just the, the structure of it, just that word. I mean, words mean mean a lot. And, and so when we say church, when we think about church, when we experience church, what does that actually mean? And so we are in a season right now where we get to dissect that, where the things that didn't actually feel that great about church, um, are being kind of 
questioned. And then even theologically, when we, the, the big word um, is ecclesiology, kind of our study and our understanding of church, um, we get to kind of dissect that. We get to look at like scripturally, like what, what is our, what, what is a biblical uh, minimum ecclesiology? Like what is this, what is church as, as is bare minimum? What has to exist in order for us to be able to call it church? And so that we're having those conversations and we're wrestling with that. And, and I, we have an opportunity really to, to dive deep into that. Right. And, and what's interesting, like we, we've, we've said for years and, and it's become sort of a, a mantra in the church to say the church isn't the building, the church yeah. is the people. And, and we of course know that. And we, we've said that for years, but now, oh, but now we've lost the building and now we're like, uh, and it feels like it feels like we lost church. So like we're we're realizing how um how our words and our and our mindset wasn't actually our mindset yeah, so yeah. much and um and I will say saying the words is important and I'm glad that we've been saying the church isn't yeah. the building it's the people and that's a that's a good thing to say um but it's, um, but it, it's, now, it's now we're it's being becoming, tested by that. It's becoming more true, and um, uh, and I would say even just saying the church isn't the building; it's the people. Like that's even missing something to it. But it's uh, yeah, it, we're we're being tested by it. We're being rocked by it. I actually kind of wanted to jump back a little bit because you said you were you were totally rocked by all oh, of yeah. this, and um, I I kind of want to. Stick to that just for a bit, because um, when we say the church isn't the building and then we lose the building and then um, we start to feel grief and it comes out in like these crazy expressions. um, Talk a little bit about how it's been impacting you, because um, because I think that like this whole thing is is impacting a lot of us in some weird freaking ways. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and so I think, I think that might be helpful to start there. Um, I, so I may, I'm going to throw this out. Um, this kind of be my kind of frame of reference. And, um, so I'm going to use the Enneagram. So I am in, for those of you who are familiar with the Enneagram, I am an Enneagram type eight. Um, and, when I say that to people who know me, they go, Oh yeah, of course you are. You know, like that's obvious. Um, but here's the thing with, with, the with eights, um, when we are secure or healthy, we will take on some more of the, the attributes of a two. Okay. So to, so to just give people some reference, um, the Enneagram is like a personality profile, uh, kind of like the Myers-Briggs and, um, Eights are known as challengers. Yes. And twos are like the help the help people. The, the helper helpers. one, yeah. So the challengers are like, I'm the boss, I'm the king, I'm the queen, um, I'm in charge. The twos, the helpers Which and, is what I am. Yeah. yeah. Um, they're like, let me help you um kind of be the boss, be the queen, kind of what whatever. Um and so as an eight, when I'm healthy, I I go to uh, a two and 
and I, I've seen that in, in, in the last couple of weeks or last month or so, there's been some expressions of that. But the unhealthy, interestingly enough, the unhealthy spot I go to is a five, um, which is an investigator um, and one more who would be kind of um, you know, defined as like a very kind of articulated. They operate from their mind, not from their heart. Um, and not necessarily from emotions, but it's just kind of all, all objective and, and, and mental. Um, and, and so the response of a five is often one to kind of, when, when an emotional response is, is required or is, is asked of, they won't give one often, um, an unhealthy five won't. And so that has actually been something that I have noticed in myself where I have shut down. I have shut down emotionally. Those of you who know me know that like when I walk into a room, I don't just kind of like, um, uh, I don't make my presence known. I like own the room. Um, you know, like I, I fill the room. I take up a lot of, a lot of space. Um, some of that is cause I have a wing seven, which is the enthusiast. Um, and so I bring a lot of energy. Um, you like to, to take control and you're really excited when you do it. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. so you get people to follow you and you like to take charge anyway. Yeah. You're, so you're the type of personality that like no matter what's happening, you will be the focus. Yeah, and so when things then, but when things don't go how I hope they would, or when when I feel threatened, um, or let's say people are all in their homes, and so you can't yes. be the focus very often. And so then my response can become, and has been one where I just kind of shut down, um, and where I just have uh, this is me being vulnerable i guess but have like you'd start reading an 800 page book in a week just because y- yeah that's um, a real thing like that really my, happened but then my my like desire for life you know just kind of ceases and I'm like ah, i become very eeyore esque um so much so david that you know what i did during this pandemic is i bought a new pair of shoes and yeah, tell shoes, us about those. Yeah. Um, and I, I made a, fi- uh, a social media post that says, I have officially given up on life. Um, I have bought a pair of Crocs. Um, not- which which you, you said, and I was like, whatever, that sounds amazing to me. And I was the only person. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody else, I mean, like David has kind of been living in his own world, I think. But Crocs are not at all a symbol of... I'm going to take the world by, you know, the, the, the bootstraps or whatever, you know, I'm going to own the world. Like Crocs are like, nope, I've given up. I'm just going for like comfort. I'm going to garden in them. And the first thing my wife told me when she saw the Crocs, she goes, um, did you buy those to mow the grass in? Um, and so there is, there is definitely a stigma there, but that is kind of, I, I, that stigma I think has marked, um, some of my response during this time because that those things, that high energy has been taken away in, in, in a lot of ways. Um, yeah. And so, so we just, we, we kind of want to start by saying this, this loss 
is heavy on all of us, and it's it's coming out in some bizarre ways. Not yeah, not, like me not in Crocs. terms not in terms of <laughs> buying Crocs, but just oh, that's pretty bizarre yeah, for me. It's strange for you. You're you're. You do well. You do think about uh, your own look and your own fashion. I have a pair of Allen Edmonds too, you know, which are a super nice leather dress shoe um, that was actually a gift to me. And I did have somebody t- tell me that, like, when they saw that I bought the Crocs, they go, "Oh, can, does that mean can I have your Allen Edmonds then?" <laughs> um, and so you know, when I'm preaching in Crocs instead of Allen Edmonds. Josh Hawk is not okay in the head. Yeah, yeah, and that's and that's fine. Um, it's I I think it's great. Are they comfortable? Awesome. That's that's all that matters. But um, but yeah, it's it's affecting us a lot. But it's also causing us then to reevaluate to, things. To reevaluate, and you you're doing a lot of just sort of sitting alone and and brooding. But it's um it. When you're forced to not be able to be the go-getter, like we, I mean, you, you have been editing and putting together our uh, worship services. So there's some amount of control there, but there's not the kind of control where you can take up a room. Right. All you can do is sort of speak on a camera and it's not the same. It, it, It could never be the same. And so, um, so we're having to st- to start questioning what is and what has been because what has been has been taken away. Yeah, and I think in a, a very healthy way too. You know, like I, um, I I say that not to you know not for a pity party, of course, but um, to really try to express that there there's been a real journey, and I think what has been left there's been a refining that's happened. Um, there definitely, I have been able to, um, eventually at least arrive to a place of, um, to be able to look at things critically, to be able to evaluate things in, in a, in a healthy way. Um, and, and to say, man, these things that I thought, that I thought mattered, that I thought was important, that I thought actually was the church, um, maybe, maybe that wasn't the case, um, and it it reminds me, David, of the kind of the whole premise of the show, um, this unsuccess that like the things, the things that we thought were successful, as it turns out that like those were taken away and we're left with something different. Um, and we we we've talked about like in the context of the church, the metrics, and that's going to be a, another episode that we talk about the metrics in which we kind of measure success or not even success, but in the measures of, of obedience or how well we're doing. Um, and so all of these things are are being threatened. We're left with something. We're left with something. And um and we're left to try to like to figure out, I guess, what that something is, or what what actually are the things that are important. What actually is the things that are essential? What's the, our minimum ecclesiology? Right. Yeah. You've been talking minimum ecclesiology a lot. Ecclesiology is just uh, again just the church just things related words to the church. about the church. Like yeah. theology is words about God. Uh, ecclesiology is words about the church, and so um, so we're you you keep talking about minimum ecclesiology for the past week or so and um i i feel like when you started drilling down you were like 
how far does this well go? And that's and that's, that's how a, I am. That's right? how you are, and it's a good thing to do. Like what? Um, if if we're throwing away things, how 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 much how can much, we throw away? How much can have... we do? Like what? Instead of saying what is necessary that we should hold on to, because that that's an important thing to do. Um, if you flip it and you say how much can we throw away? Then you start to hold things even more loosely, and and so yeah. you get to uh, when you eventually drill down far enough to be like, what is the bare minimum that is, and we can still call it church. Like what? Yeah. What is the church, and how much can we throw out in order to still call it church? And then can we make that the baseline, and um, and then and then every like that foundation will be there and everything else that we stack on it we, we can still throw away and put it like like those things are all movable but what's the what are we drilling down to yeah um so what did you get to cuz you you did this uh, just on your own head and then you threw the ball in a bunch of our courts yeah. as well so i'm reading this book by Brian Sanders called the micro church and as i Kind of look, you look back at the the New Testament, you know, and and of course, Jesus, the the words that Jesus tells Peter, "Upon this rock I will build my church," um, and then the expression of church that follow. We look at kind of what what Paul speaks to. Um, there seems to that there's a few elements that are kind of central to to the biblical model that's kind of given to us. But we also have to look at and realize that in throughout scripture, the, the model that is handed down or that is practiced old and new Testament is temple worship. And so even the new Testament church, um, who were the Christians? Who were the first Christians? They were Jews. Um, and the Jews did, they didn't forsake their regular temple worship just because they became Christians. It, be just, it became a different expression or an added expression of, of that. And so we look at kind of the early church, it, it evolves out of the temple worship, which is a model that's given to us in, in the tabernacle in, in the Old Testament with Moses. Um, but so Brian Sanders in, um, in his, his micro church, which that, that's another thing that, you know, I've been thinking a lot about this, this expression of church we have, and I think that we get it confused with the American dream, this idea or capitalism, this idea of like building and, and growing bigger and better. Um, but Brian Sanders is like, like, no, let's strip it down. Let's bring it down to the, the micro level. So he identifies three things, um, as kind of essential to, um, to, to the ecclesiology, his minimum ecclesiology, um, is mission, community, and worship. Um, those, those three things, um, kind of become the, the essential component. And so there does seem to be the, the community aspect. There's something that's important that, uh, I mean, where, 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 we're told in scripture, Jesus says where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am also. And so there's something there to a community that God is present in, in community. And we're still experiencing that. That has been like the physical gathering has been taken away. But David, even right now, just like being in the same room with you, um, even though we're trying to practice social distancing, there's still like there's still groups of two or three are still possible and still can be safe. There is an aspect of church 
that or an expression of church that that is present here that's not present when we're just in in isolation or even on online um, through Zoom calls or even through through a telephone call also. Um, there's a component of gathering. There's a component of community that is really important. Um, and so this community is this togetherness um, and and centering then in, in worship. I, I think worship is one of those words that, you know, has just been molested and misunderstood. And, and um, we have, I mean, semantics matters, words matter. And when we say worship, we immediately think of the music part of the service. And, and again, we will say, oh, well, worship isn't the music, but it's the expression that we have grown accustomed to. And unless that's taken away, which even like right now, that still hasn't even been taken away. You know, like music is all around us and, and so readily available to every one of us, any of us with a, you know, any kind of a smart device, it's just right, right there at our fingertips. Um, and so that becomes an expression of worship. Um, but worship is so much more than that. And of course, worship is, has to do with this. I, I think more of this relationship between us and God. And so I, I think worship is a two way stream too. There's a component there that we receive from God. And so when I think of that minimum, that minimal ecclesiology, when I think of church at its core, there's something that we are like, we're giving to God and God's actually giving to, to us. And so you might say that like the, the sermon, the message that we have, I mean, that's not an important or that's not an essential to, to being church, but that would be, that would fit into that worship category, you know, that, um, there is this, this direction or this relationship again between us and God. And then mission is that relationship between us and the, the world, mm-hmm. um, where, you know, if we just gather together just to talk about God, um, and we're inward focused, that's not enough to be the church. But Jesus makes it clear. He says, um, go into all the world and make disciples. And so there is a mission that we are sent. Um, and then we're also commanded to love one another. And so that mission, um, is is to be the church, um, which has some action kind of associated with it. And so I, I really, that really, I don't know, that really resonates with me. I see it, you know, like in, in scripture it's, it's supported, but, and, and so those, those three aspects kind of become foundational, um, that, that mission community and, and worship. Yeah. I like that. I like that. And if honestly, that's probably pretty close to what what anyone would say. If you said, uh, what is church in three words, a lot of pastors would probably come pretty close to that. They, they might say like, um, serving worship and fellowship or something like that. But, but they'd probably come pretty close to that. But the difference between knowing it and what, like how that is then expressed, yeah, is is a completely different thing. We can we have all of those elements in our two respective churches, but I think the difference is we're realizing they don't need to be the way they've been. Yeah, and th- this then now, David. So this gives us the freedom if we can parse down this this bare essentialness. Then, then we're not tied to the expression, right? 
if, because we can express worship and, and community and mission in a myriad of different ways, in a myriad of different contexts. But if we can then, like, identify, and I think that's what right now we're given an opportunity to, to because we can't express it the way that we have. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, let's let go, let's hold loosely to the expressions. Not that the expressions are wrong, um, but they are not the essential component of a church. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I get a little put off. Uh, we're going to wrap up pretty quick here. Um, I get a little put off when I hear like there was that viral video a decade ago or so, uh, why I hate religion, but love Jesus. Um, and and there's, uh, there's like, there's this whole thing about religion is bad. Um, and we should throw it out. I actually strongly disagree with that. I think, um, like, Religion is just the the practices and the and the um, the what's what's the word that I'm uh, trying to think of. It's great when this happens on on a live <laughs> mic, um, but just the practices that we do, um, the rituals, the... the ritual. That's the word I was looking for. There's there's a place for that kind of thing. Now, yes, the the criticism is incredibly valid and important that we should not make the ritual the thing, but there's something that speaks to the heart about say singing or art or whatever it is. There's something that hits to the heart when we all share communion with one another. There's something about ritual that connects, but those rituals don't have to be the same. And that's where, um, that's where I think um, you can't, you don't really function at all as a church with no structure at all. Like that, that just it, you can go in with a plan to have no structure, but you're eventually going to have a structure. I know Rob Bell talks about in Velvet Elvis, how they went in wanting to just be a church that's completely free. And then the, of course, you eventually have certain things because right. we're people and we need to know when the service time is and we need to know kind of what's happening. Like these are, you're going to have sort of religious expressions of some way, but um, when we drill down to something, say it's a worship community um, and service, those, the religious expressions that come out of that can be wildly different. Yeah. And I think we're, um, we're hitting a point in which this whole pandemic thing is changing how we are going to be expressing ourselves um, going forward in the future. I personally, like, I haven't, I've only spent a few days on this, but I've been trying to drill down as well. And what I keep coming up with is also three words, but um, I just, I can't see church as, better words. as, I don't know, Um I just can't see churches any other way other than following Jesus together because Jesus spent time, yeah. you could call it worship, in yep. prayer with yep. the yep. Father. He spent time in, uh, you know, like um, uh, it, loving the Father and being in communion with the Father. He spent time um, with his disciples and teaching, um, but also acting and um, teaching with his actions. And then he called his people to follow. Like so, I I see the church as just us following Jesus together. His so word, David, and with 
with those three words, though, you see the similarities. The, it's the yeah. The following is the mission, right? You know, like we we are on task. Jesus is the worship, where like yeah. Jesus is the center of our worship, um, and so like it's centering in that, and then the together is that community. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, and so the elements are still there, right? I uh, th- that's what I was about to say is those three words: community, fellowship, and worship. Those absolutely fit in, and I would say most expressions of church right now still fit into people trying to follow Jesus together, but we've so Americanized or Westernized what church is that when someone goes to plant a church, 90% of the time they're still doing it in a pretty similar way with like some variants, and um, this may be a time where we throw out some of that crap. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Where we go, like David, you and I can follow Jesus together. Yeah, and just like in whatever ex- in, in whatever expression that we deem that f- works for for that day. Right. Um, my my favorite. Um, I I heard Louis Giglio talk like twenty years ago, and he um he summed up worship as this. He said it's revelation and it's response. It's God revealing himself to us and then then us responding. responding. And so why have we made worship out to be music? It can. It could also be this art that's on your wall. It could also be me writing in my journal. It could also be me picking up the sand that I'm walking on and being like, uh, holy crap, I can't believe how powerful you are, God. Just like staring yeah. at sand can be an act of worship. Like there's... there's it can be your face. There's a bajillion... I could... <laughs> no, I mean, you say that as a joke, but I could look in the mirror and be like, I can't believe how intricate um, of a God we have that he would create people in such a way. Like there's... Right. There's um, there's so many different aspects of worship and... um. It's weird because we're pastors of pretty established, long-time churches, and those kinds of churches can rarely mix things up very well. Yeah. And this has sort of given us kind of a reset. And so for the next six episodes, we're going to try and um, mm. drill even further. Like, like yeah, but, but holding on to that foundation of following Jesus together or and or um, worship, mission, and community. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, and and um, like I said at the very start of this time, we're not experts. We don't. Uh, who we're cares? Not, you got to say we're not experts yet. Who cares what Josh Hawk and David Libby think? Like we don't. Yeah, that's true. Ten thousand hours, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, we we don't we don't know anything, but we're um, we're working through this stuff. And I think the more that I'm um, living as a Christian, I went. I went to four years of Bible college. I went to four years of seminary. I've been doing ministry for like 20 years. And um, like, so I've got some pedigree. I don't know any more about God. And I don't know any more about what it is to live the Christian life than any single person that's in my church. Yeah. And, and that's true of you as well. Yeah. Like we have no clout at all. We've got some tools and that's it. And we've got a perspective. And so, um, but but that's what the church is, is everyone kind of bringing their perspective to the table and us um, us together learning who God is and how to yeah. uh, live for him. And so, so this is, this is just two guys 
sharing our perspective and um, trying to figure all this stuff out in the middle of everyone else in the world trying to figure all this stuff out. That's good. Yeah. So um, we hope you'll stay with us uh, next time. We're going to talk. I don't know what we're going to talk about. We've got uh, we've we've got some plans. We haven't really organized them, but we've got six more of these. Um, it's going to be fun. It's going to be uh, pretty like we've we've picked some kind of terrifying stuff to tackle here. Yeah, we're going to talk about money. Yeah, we're um, like like things that could impact our own future in the church. Like we. We thought if we're going to do this, if we're going to talk about this, let's actually do it. Let's not like protect yeah. ourselves or anything. Let's actually take everything to the table and actually dissect church entirely. And so we're, we're going to try to do that. So we hope you'll come back. Um, it's going to be a good time. But uh, for now, for the Unsuccess Podcast, I'm David. And I'm Josh. And we will see you next time. <laughs>